Uh, we're going to jump right into the wheel. Aiden's here, or Aiden's gone. <laughs> Nikki Black is here. So let's bring Nikki Black in and we'll just start with her. Here we go. Nikki Black, can you hear Hi. me? Hi. Hi, Nikki. We, we've run into am a I, million problems. Am I, am I, am I real? Are we streaming for real? We are streaming for real now. So Nikki wow. Black is here. I've given you absolutely no intro. Uh, Nikki Black. No. Sorry, surprise. How you doing, Nikki? Good, how are you? Stressed, but but doing well now. Good. So, are you ready to spin the wheel? Uh, yeah, I would love to spin the wheel. All right, let's spin the wheel. Now, the rules are simple. We will spin this wheel twice. Nikki will choose between the two or pick a third spin if she's unhappy with everything that comes up. Your first spin landed on Betrayal on Haunted Hill, the board game. Okay. We're going to spin again. Round and round it goes. Or your second choice. Brand new cherry flavor. I have, I, I'm unfamiliar with both of those, so I'm going to spin again. All right. Right off the bat, we got to do a brand new, no. hopefully the wheel is kind to you on the third spin. It's not going to be. <laughs> All right. We're spinning. The You must do, I think the wheel was kind to you, what we do oh, in the shadows. so good to me. <laughs> with my favorite Matt Berry. Yes. Okay, great. It was so good to me. Yes, it was. We're excited to hear from that. Can you send Ray in? Thank you, Nikki. Okay, bye. <laughs> so there goes Nikki Black. All right, that went really well. All right, we're, we're back in the groove of things. Uh, your next performer may have won very recently. Uh, give it up for Ray Pendergrass. How you doing, Ray? Hello. How's it going? Uh, stressful, but I think yeah, we're I think we're, I think we're in the swing of things now. <laughs> Never say that in a horror movie when you say that bad things happen. I already said I'll be right back on this stream. <laughs> like, it, tons of mistakes were made. But are you ready to spin the wheel? I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Come on, it's the wheel. I'm so nervous. Well, the wheel is spinning. May it be kind to you. First, we have The Craft. Okay. Okay, craft. not super familiar, but think it has to do with spooky witch ladies, which I'm into. Yes, or macaroni and cheese, depending on how you interpret it. <laughs> well, your other choice is The Babadook. Oh, the... man, that's so hard. The Craft or The Babadook. Or you could spin again. Oh my god. I don't know either super well. All I know about Babadook is that he's a queer icon. Queer so. icon, the Babadook. Yeah, I guess I, I think I have to go with Babadook. Babadook? Ah, oh, if all you know about the Babadook is that the Babadook is a queer icon, I can't wait for this. <laughs> Enjoy your research on the Babadook. Uh, send Aiden in if you could. Gotcha. Thank you so much. Oh, that went exactly as I'd hoped. <laughs> that is fantastic. All right, your next contestant uh, is a writer, performer, and receptionist. And needs to turn down the stream because we're getting an echo. Please give it up for Aiden. Aiden. Hi. Oh, I was so afraid you couldn't hear me. <laughs> oh, I can hear you. Uh. Aiden, tell me a little bit about yourself. I didn't get a chance to say anything about you. <laughs> well, I heard you say that, that I'm a receptionist, which I am. I'm mm -hmm. very good at that. I'm very receptive. And I'm a writer and a performer. I live in Brooklyn. Um, I'm good friends with Kelly Colbert. Oh. And, yeah, that's all I know about you. But... <laughs> Thank you. Are you ready to spin the wheel? Yes. All right, let's spin the wheel. The wheel is a spinning your first choice is ooh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, I know what that is. All right, that's, that's, a, that's a good start. That's a rarity on the wheel. We spin again. 
Your other choice is... The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So Nightmare on Elm Street or The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's your choice? Yeah. Very interesting choice. I'm very excited for that. Thank you so much. Uh, Can you send Bernie in, please? Sure. All right. We're moving right along here. Uh, Your next contestant is a writer, actor, and vocal artist out of Portland, Oregon, uh, and has also narrated a catalog of highly smutty audiobooks. Very nice. Uh, And there's also a great deal of what he's not telling you. Please give it up for Bernie! How are you doing? Hello! Hello! Hello, TV's Noah. Hello! Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, My pleasure, my pleasure. So, So, you ready to spin that wheel? (laughs) Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, we're... I want something good. All right, we are spinning the wheel! Your first choice is Alien versus Predator. Right. Lots of good things there. Or yes, yes. Matchup of the century, last <laughs> century, but still. <laughs> or Twilight. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell this because I'm wearing makeup. I'm in the older generation. Ah. Uh, I liked Twilight better when Anne Rice wrote it. Good call. Good call there. But why don't we uh, spin the wheel and take the third? Oh, we're taking the third spin. Third spin, very popular this I'm evening. I'm to live dangerously, Noah. Oh, yes, very dangerously. You must do whatever the wheel lands on. And the wheel, oh, the wheel has chosen Swamp Thing. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, indeed. Mm. Grant Morrison or Warren Ellis? <laughs> the choice is yours and yours alone. Excellent. <laughs> Can you send Alan in, please? Certainly, I shall send Alan in. Thank you so much. Muddy. <laughs> Ooh, yes. I'm losing my far-fetched. This is a whole problem. All right. So we got one more coming in. Uh, uh, Alan is a biomasochistic service top of your dreams and a punk-ass book jockey for the world's greatest museum. Please give it up for Alan. Hello, everyone. How you doing, Alan? Oh, I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Are you ready to spin the wheel? (laughs) Spin me, baby. All right, let's spin the wheel. Round and round. The wheel has landed on it. Oh boy! I, I, and we can go. We can glow into the clown space. Is that fine? Oh yes. We will okay, spin again. Won't do, won't do the end of it though. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Or Freddy versus Jason. Oh goodness. Um, let's see. Uh, that's that's um, Freddy Mercury versus. Um, Jason Alexander, is that what it is? <laughs> Jason Alexander, of all the Jasons, you went with Jason Alexander? You could have went with Jason Momoa, come on! No, I can't. I like him, I like him, I like him, uh, uh, round as a melon. As a um, well, those uh, are your choices, or we can spin I think, again. I think I'll go with it. Going with it. All right, thank you so much. Best of luck. We will hear from all of you a little bit later in the show. All right, we are underway. We have all of our uh, live rounds decided, so please stay tuned for that and characters to come. It's now time for the live round. Our contestants spent the entire pre-recorded round writing based off of your suggestions and where the wheel had landed to write these amazing fan fictions for you. So they're going to be coming in one at a time to read Whatever they have left, or possibly just improv, whatever they have. So it was a little bit of a shorter pre-recorded round, so we'll see how they do this time. But it's, it's horror-themed. It should be scary. 
<laughs> so we are waiting for a contestant to jump on the line right now. Uh, Nikki Black, I do have a little bit of information about Nikki Black. Nikki Black lives in Los Angeles where they tweet for uh, banters and live a life committed to standing Junito. Oh, Junito. Have you read that stuff? That stuff's terrifying. It's amazing, but it's terrifying. <laughs> Is a dream indeed. Tease in the chat for Nikki Black. How you doing, Nikki? Hi, how are you? We we barely got the talk because we had to race through to get the wheel spun and everything. How how have you been, Nikki? I've been so good. I've been well. Excellent, excellent. Last time we had I'm wearing you... my I'm wearing Junji Ito earrings. You can't see them. Oh, are you? <laughs> I am. They're Venus in the blind spot. It's just so you know. That is incredible. I feel better having known that. Last time we had you on the show, you had a personal connection with whatever you had to write about because you had to write about Princess Unikitty. Do you have any connection with oh, your yeah. current project? I just am obsessed with Matt Berry. Like, okay. I, I, I have a problem. Like, I have a problem. So I chose actually not to focus on him because it felt a little bit too real. <laughs> you were afraid of getting flaclemped as you were reading? Yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. This is impossible to write about. Okay, but... All right, Nikki, take it away. Okay. okay. What you do in the shadows. Oh, what we do in the shadows fan fiction starring you. It's a full moonlit night in beautiful Staten Island, USA. Home of the Staten Island Zoo, the Staten Island Ferry, and one very inconspicuous group of vampires. But you don't know that yet. Right now, you are stumbling home from a Halloween party in an understated bat costume. You just kind of put on black clothing and grabbed a pair of clip-on fangs, but nobody can blame you. It's been a long year. You try to think of something to do after the party. Adrenaline is still pumping through your veins, but that scene was dead. If there's something to do, however, you can't think of it. You sigh. The only thing worse than being bored is being horny, you say to yourself. And then boom, you're horny. Great, just my luck. Bored and horny, in the middle of Staten Island, of all places. You turn a corner and see two men and a woman, dressed in what appears to be Victorian clothing? Older? You can't tell, but it's lush. It's velvet and leather and sparkling metal jewels. It's lace and heavy, musky perfume. The way the streetlight glints off their fineries makes your nipples hard, because you're sophisticated. Being around fineries often has that effect on you. You think about how beautiful their clothes are and why you don't wear beautiful clothing. Is it because you're embarrassed to look good? That seems backwards, but you can't help but feel that it is true. You feel drawn to them as if by some phantom thread pulling at the very blood running through your veins, siphoning in a focused gravitational orbit that leads you straight to them. Damn, you think to yourself, I need a cigarette. It is about this time that you realize you might be drunk. Hi, you say as you approach them altogether too loudly. They eye you suspiciously. You laugh. Haha, <laughs> do you guys have like a cigarette I could bum? They stare at you, saying nothing, looking maybe even slightly disgusted. Okay, sorry I asked. You flash them your best apologetic smile and back away slowly. Because now that you think about it, they're probably a bunch of freaks. Wait, the woman says, taking a step near you. She has an accent that is vaguely Eastern European. Your teeth. You smile again. My fangs, they're great, right? I got them the other night. So you are just turned, the woman says. Where did you get them? The bigger of the man asks you. Uh, Spirit Halloween, the trio look at each other. There are vampires we don't know about in Staten Island, the woman says. I don't know if I like the vibes I'm picking up here, one of the men says. And your vibes, Laszlo. I swear, I'm never letting you online again. You talk like a fool. I talk like Generation Z, the thought leaders of tomorrow, today. The woman grabs your hand. You, come. I don't know this spirit group, but if you're a vampire, you can hang with us. We're just going to sex parties. We are very horny all the time. I am Nadia, and I'm Laszlo, and I'm Nandor the Relentless. I got that name because my cock is relentless. Uh, you can't believe what you're hearing. Other horny people inviting you to come to a sex party just as you've given up all hope. They take you back to their home. It doesn't appear anybody else is there. We don't really have friends, Nadia explains. That's okay, you say, pulling her in. I can handle you all by myself. She kisses you roughly and you feel something scrape your lips. Not enough to hurt, just enough for you to notice. You have fangs too, you exclaim, excited to have found a Halloween twin. We all have fangs, Laszlo says. Yes, because we're vampires, Nandor explains. Ha ha, okay, you say, oblivious to the imminent danger you have put yourself in. 
We just like the fuck Nadja explains further. And we always have. And because we are vampires, we can have all kinds of sex forever. Same way with you now. Isn't that great? Yeah, they are really into this bit, you think to yourself. But you've taken improv classes. You know how to yes and. It's, what part, it's part of what makes you such a tender lover. Nadja pins you against the wall, roughly. You know, you're fresh. You still smell human. It's very intoxicating. She purrs softly and nips at your earlobe. You can feel yourself becoming even more aroused. You, fear, you free yourself from your grasp, from her grasp and reverse the positions, pinning her to the wall. You start to unbutton her dress, pop each button, unleashing the promise of new flesh. And there are so many buttons. Laszlo comes up behind you and grabs your black turtleneck by the bottom, ripping it over your head. The speed at which you've just become shirtless is shocking to you. And your nipples are so hard you could drive them through a vampire's heart and kill them. You're, you've completely undone Najah's bodice and you're running your hands all over her perfect immortal body. Laszlo and Nandor have begun passionately kissing each other as you move down her body and get to her skirt. More buttons, more pop pop, more flesh, all flesh. You make your way to her cunt, licking and kissing and sucking. She's moaning, and you're not even there yet. Her skin prickles into goosebumps underneath your fingers. It feels almost electric, but before you can even taste that blessed and forbidden honey, Laszlo pushes you away. That's my job, he says, putting, throwing her on the couch and absolutely going to town on her pussy. Nandor lifts you up and kisses you tenderly. Do you want to be my sex partner tonight? He asks awkwardly. You run your fingers through his glorious full beard. Fuck me, Nandor the Relentless, and be, you know, relentless about it. They say the asshole is the gateway to the soul, he says. I have no soul because of the vampire thing, but I still think anal sex is cool. Anal sex is very cool, you say. It's dope, honestly. I don't know what that means, Nandor says. He grabs you by the shoulders and flips you around, bending you over a table. He rubs his throbbing cock against your ice-cold ass cheeks. God, is it cold in here. You think about how lucky you are. Just a couple hours ago, you were bored and alone. Now you're hanging out with a bunch of sexy eccentrics in a giant house. This is what Halloween is all about. He presses the tip of his dick up against your asshole and starts to move it in slowly. The familiar pressure makes you hard or wet, depending. Maybe both. Who am I to dictate your experience? He starts moving and you marvel about how truly enormous his cock is. Not everything on a vampire is dead, you think to yourself. He finishes inside of you in a hot, glorious flow and you turn around to smash your mouth onto his passionately, tongues whipping around like some kind of horny snake beast in your mouths. One of your fangs falls out. Nandor gasps. Laszlo and Nadja stare. It is silent. It's all good. I'll just get another pair, you say, misunderstanding. Nandor makes his way to you and kisses your neck. Then he bites you. Then it goes dark. And when you wake up, you don't know how long it's been or where you are, but you know you thirst for blood. And that's the first time it clicks for you. They really are vampires, which means that you, now you, you're a vampire for real this time. It's Nandor. He hands you a glass of blood. Here, drink up. Why me, you ask? Well, I just couldn't live without fucking that asshole. And I couldn't let you live after discovering our secret. So now we're all with one big, happy fucking dead family. Okay? Okay. Fantastic yeah. work, Nikki Black. Uh, the a lot of a lot of hype around the second person perspective. A, a smutter yeah, first. Yes, and way to know your audience because you said you've taken improv, and everyone went yes, yes, we have. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic work, Nikki Black. Great. Could you Thank please you so much. send in who's next to say send in who's next. <laughs> Send in who's next. You yes. want me to say that? Say, say that where? in the chat. Oh, oh, in the chat. Okay. Yes. I was like, to you now? <laughs> no, not right oh. now. <laughs> Nikki Black, everybody. Ah. She waved. <laughs> Bye. Nikki Black with what you do in the shadows. Whew. I gotta get into that show. Your next contestant is here. Give it up for Aiden. What's going on, Aiden? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. How did it go? It was good. That was fun. I also I really liked that last. I just saw the. I just watched a few episodes of that show recently with my roommate, and I thought that was a really good representation of the show. <laughs> are you ready for uh, your fan fiction? I am. All right, then take it away. This is um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers fan fiction. I was a doctor, a psychiatrist to be exact. 
Dr. Hill, they called me because I was known for my height and lush pathways and because it is my name. Up until that point, my patients had been the depraved murderers who could no longer satisfy their lust for blood. And I trained those beasts into submission, so much so that many of my murdering patients now vomit at the sight of blood. But I had an indiscretion. I lost myself in the Vulcan stare and silver knuckles of a convicted serial killer. Of a, and I allowed him to defile me in ways that were decried on the Senate floor. The serial killer was called Tonka. And during one of our sessions, he begged for relief from his lust for blood. I wasn't sure how to satisfy him, but when I saw his bulging member pressing against his prison form, the stripes delicately framing his engorged cock, I knew my duty as a psychiatric professional. I fell to my knees in wanton disregard for the Hippocratic Oath. I unfurled Tonka's pulsing sex from his pants. It took in deep within the hollows of my throat while mourning the souls of those he murdered. My tears mixed with my spit and I yearned to mix these elements with Tonka's emission. But before Tonka could finish, my supervisor, Mr. Harry Gouge barged in. Get off your knees, Hill, my supervisor said cruelly. I did as I was told. I'm very obedient. And my supervisor dragged me down the hall to his office. The office of one Mr. Harry Gouge is certainly enviable. One I aspire to. I lasciviously eyed his tall mahogany bookcases, his sleek glass topped desk, the bottom of his shoes, which were red. You'll never have an office like this if you keep sucking just anybody's dick, Mr. Gouge said haughtily. Look, Hill, I like you, but you're a whore, and everybody knows it. It looks bad when one of the top psychiatrists at one of the top psychiatric institutes is such a fucking slut. A nasty, low-down, dirty slut, aren't you? Say it. Say you're a low-down, dirty slut. I'm a low-down, dirty slut. That's what I thought. Mr. Gage laughed. <laughs> My supervisor sent me to punish you, but little did I know you'd literally be on your knees sucking cock when I found you. That is a fireable offense. Please don't fire me. I'll do anything. I was ready to service Mr. Gage in any way he required, but instead he pulled out a red folder with the letters top secret emblazoned on the front. What's that? I asked. Shut the fuck up and I'll tell you, Mr. Gage replied. He opened the red folder. A Mrs. Becky Driscoll reached out to us because she's worried about her husband. She married him for his money, even though he was a dull piece of garbage with a jelly penis. But her husband has changed. He's become lively, funny, friendly, and cool. At first, Mr. Driscoll thought Mrs. Driscoll thought Mr. Driscoll was smoking the reefer. But then one night, when engaging in intercourse, Mrs. Driscoll was shocked to discover that Mr. Driscoll brought her to orgasm. Not just orgasm, but earth-shattering, skin-clearing, coming. And when Mr. Driscoll pulled his penis from Mrs. Driscoll's vagina, Mrs. Driscoll was shocked at what she saw. It's not a matter of big or small, thick or thin. This was simply not a human penis. The government is not taking this seriously. They think Mr. Driscoll 
had a faulty penis implant, but I fear something more nefarious. You remember the events of Roswell, New Mexico, only nine years ago. We have visitors. What does this have to do with me? I asked sheepishly. Mr. Gage raised his hand to slap me, but instead he lowered his hand and leaned forward to kiss me gently on the cheek. If the government won't study the fake Mr. Driscoll for me, then you will. I had no choice but to agree. Suddenly I was transported to the Driscoll lawn where I watched Mr. Driscoll mow the bush what was his. I could hear Mr. Gage's voice in my mind. I just need you to suck his dick. Save as much of the semen as you can. His dick? I thought he had an alien appendage. And then Mr. Driscoll turned to me, an inhuman squint in his eye. I had to look away, but my eyes went to his groin, which was certainly not human. It pulsed in a way that made my asshole wink and glowed with such a force that I almost became religious. I was pulled to him as the lawnmower floated into space. You think you were sent here to trick me, Mr. Driscoll said. No, I... I tried to speak, but my throat was filled with longing. You were sent here so I could fuck you. And with that, Mr. Driscoll stopped and bent me over. He tore my clothes from my body, which felt stupidly human as they were ravaged from my skin. I could feel the energy of Mr. Driscoll's sex. It was not warm nor cold. It was like if tingle were a sense. The strength of the vibration caused me to orgasm multiple times before ever inserting himself into me. Stop gendering me in my, your thoughts, I heard Mr. Driscoll, Driscoll say. And suddenly our bodies were one, and I became aware of sensitive spots in my body and soul, which were before now had never been touched. And I realized that my sinew was similar to theirs, and that our sex combined in a way that fluttered the caverns of my pussy. And then I woke up. It wasn't a dream because I was being attended to by a government nurse I'd never met and in a building I'd never seen before. How was it? The nurse asked me conspiratorially. I came so much. I managed to say between ecstatic stretches, the endorphins filling my butt. The E.T. will probably want to see you again. I think they like you. The end. Fantastic work. Oh, no. <laughs> and vanished very quickly. <laughs> you you got to soak in your teas, man. You got to get all your teas. <laughs> teas in the chat for Aiden. Uh... I, I didn't get a chance to tell Aiden who to send in next. Uh, and it appears that there's an argument. So I will let Nobby figure out who will be next. I will be surprised by who is coming in next because I do not know. But <laughs> give it up again for Aiden doing Invasion of the Body uh, Snatchers. Uh, I know a few people have come in late. So just so you know, these people were given suggestions at the top of the show and had a very short amount of time to create what is currently up here now. And now our next contestant is here. Please tease in the chat for Alan. <clears throat> How are you feeling, Alan? I'm fine. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Writing go okay? Nope. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. I always love it when I hear that. All right, take it away. The time had come for it to return, and the blood oath to be fulfilled. 
A group of unassuming 38-year-olds, once childhood friends, gathered in the town's only diner and all-you-can-eat chicken brunch buffet and male strip joint called Wingalings. They ogled the thighs as they shoveled down drumsticks. The food was a poor salve for the fear they were all feeling. We swore we would all come back to fight it if it ever returned, said Mike Hardon, the town's librarian. Bev Harsh, Derry's most fashionable monokini designer, spit her poultry into the nearest banana hammock. What? It hasn't been happening again, has it? It has indeed. It's back, declared Horsecock Hanscom, once famed for his girth that had faded in his age. The whole table went hush as Pony played in the background. How many times has it been? Asked Bev trepidatiously. At least five in the last three weeks, said their leader, William Bentbrough, called Bill by his friends. I know it is supernatural, but it's hard to believe that any being of this world or not can eat that many asses without a dental dam in such a short period of time especially when they're so easily available for order at sugartheshop.com, I know, cut in my card on. But we swore a blood oath 20 years ago when we were all 18 and of legal age that we would stop this menace if it ever came back. Bev threw aside her massive plate of chicken into the rock-hard abs of the nearest dancer. I can't do it. Not again, Bill. You know that all of us had our asses eaten by that clown, that, that thing, and you know he didn't use a dental dam for any of us. Bill laid a calming hand on Bev's shoulder. I know, Bev. It took me years to remove the makeup from my butt crack. But this, I promise you, if anyone eats your ass tonight, It'll be me, and I will use one of the many fashionable and comfortable dental dams available at sugartheshop.com. <laughs> All those poor taints, sobbed Horsecock. I can't bear to think of it. That's why we have to do something, said Mike Hardon. Don't worry, I have a plan. I guess the Losers Club is getting back together, said Bev. I'm in. Don't mistake it. This wasn't the Losers Club, no, though losers they were. This was the Losers Club. William Bentbrough, called Bill, by the Losers, popped the glass vial sold by their adult local adult video store as VHS cleaner under his nose. All right, Losers, are you ready to get loose? That's why this group of 38-year-old New England nobodies was called the Losers, because of the looseness of their buttholes. Later that night, with all of their plans prepared, the Losers Club all hopped into Bill's ancient station wagon. It was the same one that they used to have all of their nude orgies in when they were definitely 18 all that time ago. But it was also the place where they had their starfish munched without a dental dam by the horrifying thing they were now hunting. The silence rode with them as memories, some good, some bad, all sexual played over and over in their ammo-added brains. Their terror was as palpable as their prostates. I don't know if this plan is going to work, Bill, Horsecock said as he broke the silence. I'm the leader, so I'll set myself up to draw that thing out, said Bill with finality. I just don't think it's a good idea to use the most talented individual as the worm to catch this fish. I'm the master and the bait, shouted Bill. The masturbate! Discomfort built the station wagon, and not just because of what they had up their asses. Bill had returned to the town, and his temper had returned with him. The youthful rage that had made uh, turns their cocks hard and made their pussies sopping wet was less salacious on a 38-year-old. If we all stick together, all of us will win, said Bill. They pulled into the empty lot near the water treatment plant, and they put their plan in motion. Bill got out of the ancient station wagon and came to the giant sewer that was the thing's home. He pulled down his Levi's and pulled down his tidy whities 
and he did the bravest thing that he had ever done in his life. He dangled his balls outside of that sewer. The rest, watching from the station wagon, saw what Bill could not. A face deep in the sewer of a clown. White in the face, with red marks and an evil grin, and ginger red hair pushing out in spikes. The fear struck through them, all of them. And in a high and terrifying voice, Pennywise the Clown said, I'm Pennywise the Ass-Eaten Clown. And he shook out of the sewer and placed his makeup mouth right on Bill's bare ass. Bill screamed with fear and with pleasure as he could feel the tongue of the clown going up and down his salty yet clean crack. And he could feel that same feeling as he did long ago. The tongue of the clown ringing his sweet ring and extending unnaturally long, deep to tickle his prostate from the inside. Bill could feel it build and build and build until ropes of hot cum shot out of him and he collapsed to the asphalt. Go on without me, just go on. They all in the station wagon as one gave Bill up for dead. And they spread their buttholes on the windows of that station wagon and made those asterisk prints that they had made so long ago, right on those windows, offering their buttholes to Pennywise the Clown. A loud screech as Mike hit the gas. He forgot to turn off the parking brake, and when he disengaged it, the station wagon flew directly into the poop vat. The plan was going wrong. It was all going wrong. Mike looked to the side in the passenger seat where a horse cock was dead, drowned in his own poop and the poop of the entire New England town. Beth and Mike popped out of the station wagon and in the echoes of the night sky, they heard the laughter echoing up and down and those famous words, I'm Pennywise, the ass-eating clown. They ran deep in a tunnel underneath, the deepness of the tunnel reminding them of the deepness inside themselves that Pennywise was after. They ran sloshing as the laughter echoed in the tunnel. And then the tunnel came to an end. And maybe Bev and Mike would come to an end too. It's now or never Bev, Mike exclaimed as they saw Pennywise covered in shit and tenting in his pumpkin pants. March slowly down the tunnel. They bent over and spread their cheeks, ready for the best and worst salad tossing of their life. You look like nice buttholes. You must have many friends. They braced themselves, but they knew something that Pennywise didn't. They had something waiting for him. Bev turned out to be the bravest. She screams, suck my soul out of my sweet starfish. And instantly a suction sound occurs as the clown presses his already mangled makeup lips directly onto her butthole. Bev was a true slut. She knew what she was doing and she knew it was hard. She couldn't help herself. 
she put her legs between her feet to feel the drip of her juicy cunt fall onto her face as Pennywise ate her ass desperately, longingly. Suck harder! She screamed. And Pennywise made his first and his last mistake. He sucked harder. <laughs> Went Pennywise, the ass-eating clown. And Pennywise swallowed the plug bought from sugar, the sugarshop.com and modified by the loser club to have a grenade inside. Pennywise chokes and looks down and realizes what he's done. But it's too late. And Pennywise explodes gore and guts all multicolored in primary colors spread over Mike and Bev, splattering them with gore. And they hold each other deep in that sewer, only half their asses eaten. And Bev says to Mike, It'll be okay. I'll do you next. The end. Fantastic work. I have to ask, who were you picturing? Curry or Skarsgård? Oh, um, no, it was actually myself. Oh, yourself. Okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. It's, 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 um, it's sort of a self-insert thing. Gotcha, got you. Mary sued yourself. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I get it. Thank you. Tease in the chat for Alan. Will you please tell Bernie to join us? Thank you. Whew. Getting hot and heavy. Down to clown. Getting down to clown. We got two more here in the live round, and then we will have a blood and butts champion here and the raffle winner, of course. Be sure to stick around and see who wins tonight's raffle. Uh, Uber Lube and Sugar Prize Baggage, uh, and uh, Flying V Prize Baggage, of course. There's also really cool uh, stickers. But now we are joined by Bernie Clark. How you doing, Bernie? Oh, Bernie, we cannot hear you. Much better. Much, Hello much and better. welcome. How did it go? I'm back. Uh, well, I've uh, nearly completed it. Uh, okay. Nearly. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the part I've completed, and then um, perhaps I will uh, uh, try to finish it. See, this in is the ex moment. this is exciting. It's it's a surprise to everyone how this is going to end, <laughs> including me. All right, Bernie, All take right. it away. <clears throat> Sorry, love. I don't give two figs what state he's in currently. I've got a bit of a sticky wicket down south and I need him to do his Guardian of the Green act. I'm sorry, John, but Alec isn't feeling very well today. Perhaps you can come back later when he's feeling better. Abigail Arcane's ice blue eyes stared back unblinking into his own, giving John Constantine an unpleasant tingling on the back of his neck. This wasn't good. Aside from the flat, emotionless tone, the blank stare, and the strange flecks of greenish... Is that antifreeze? All over her face and otherwise snow-white hair, there was the entirely remarkable fact of Abby being polite to him. She absolutely despised John, and usually only referred to him indirectly as that English prick. Well, why don't we just see if we can't lift the old boy's spirit, shall we? Shouldering past Abby into the house that she once shared with a dead man named Alec Holland, John stopped short to let his eyes adjust to the dim light. No lights. A heavy, thick smell like moss and rot and... flowers? Sweet, musky and sharp, all at the same time. A scent like rich loam. The air was moist and warm with strange currents, 
like a slow bellows pulsing rhythmically somewhere in the house. Following the vertiginous scent, John came to a back room on the ground floor, polished dark hardwoods reflecting just enough light to see his way down the darkened hall to the door. Pushing the ajar door open, John took a quick intake of breath as he tried to make sense of the fecund tableau before him. What might have once been a bedroom had become a strange, roiling grotto of leaves, vines, mosses, lichens, shrubs, and a strange, wet, viscous slime in a virulent riot of different shades of dark green. The features of the room lay completely obscured by the miasmic jungle which filled it. Lurking in the center, on a raised mound of soil and vines, sat a bloated pod-like mass, somewhat moundish in proportions, pulsating slowly, exhaling deep, wet breaths every few seconds. Hundreds of long, hair-like fibers stuck out of the mound like haphazard whiskers, and everywhere a preponderance of heavy, colorful tropical flowers with floppy, turgid pestles hanging down like... like a bunch of half-hard cocks that have just been wrung out. John thought to himself, Bollocks, I don't like where this is going. Alec, old bean, is that you? It was the shove that caught him off guard. He hadn't heard Abby slip up behind him in her bare feet. Stupid. He pitched forward and the pod opened up to catch him, long tendrils groping for him by the thousands, like being swallowed by a sea anemone turned inside out. The protection spell was half out of his mouth when the tendrils got in. The words choked up as the slim green shoots grabbed his tongue and squeezed, not quite hard enough to hurt, but certainly enough to distract him from the delicate mental sigils he was constructing in his mind. Next was his pants, opened and slid off before he even knew his hands were bound, tendrils around his legs, his arms, his chest, his nipples, his balls, his cock, tight but not painful. Then the constriction began. Many different slick fibers sliding along each other, sliding along his skin, the friction causing the vines to secrete some sort of slick, slippery sap, a light, pleasant shade of green. Sometime later, John Constantine awakes, tired, wrung out, covered from head to toe in a thick, treacly green sap. He looks around the room. He sees Abby Arcane sitting in the corner. She's curled up, holding a flower to her face. There is no sign of the great green behemoth but John knows that he's definitely going to have to talk to his therapist about this later. The end. Fantastic. I had forgotten you were doing Swamp Thing. Oh my God. <laughs> what a fun surprise. Did, did it end the way you expected? No, I was totally going to get into the actual nitty gritty of how they had sex. Um, I just... You know, I got up to that point and was just starting to get into it when the time ran out. <sighs> I would have liked to have gotten a lot more graphic. I had a whole thing about like, pestles and buttholes. It was going to be great. <laughs> I understand. It can't always go that way, though. Thank you so much. Please send Ray my way. <laughs> You're quite welcome. Yes, and tease in the chat for Bernie. All right, we got one more for you, and then we will let you vote, and we will crown our champion of blood and butts. This has been a three-day affair, so I hope you guys have been enjoying the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships present Smutif. And we've been daring to ask a lot of things, and now I am joined by Ray. How'd it go, Ray? Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's, it's going well. It's been hot and steamy so far. How did the writing go? Well, it it went. Okay. I did some brief Googling of the Babadook and learned a little bit more. Excellent. Are you ready to show us what you have? 
Sure, sure. I don't know if you all are ready, but uh, sure, I will word at you. All right, be prepared. Take it away. Excellent. <clears throat> Andy collapsed on his bed, exhausted from a long day of moving. Surrounding him was an assortment of cardboard boxes, moving bags, trash, and the picked over remains of a veggie pizza he had brought to try and bribe his friends into loaning him their muscles for the day. <laughs> he groaned as he forced his unwilling body to stand, looking for a very specific box marked open first. Upon finding it, he tore it open and began to pull out his first night in a new home essentials. His favorite pair of sleeping boxers, a fluffy towel, some soap for a bath, a box of wine, and what was this? A kid's book? He scoped up the book and examined the cover curiously. He tried to recall the last time he'd even seen a child in the wild, much less one in, his, in the proximity of his home. Where did it come from? It had to be one of those adult novelty books that look innocent, but are intended for another barely literate, easily distractible audience, drunk, horny adults. He read the words emblazoned on the cover over top a shadowy, indistinct figure. Master Bybadick, he read to himself. Jesus. Well, baths are always more fun when you have something to read. He headed into his brand new bathroom, threw open the hot water tap, pulled the spigot out of his box wine. Fuck, he thought. I forgot to bring a cup. Mm. He looked around the room for a more suitable glass, quickly gave up, shrugged his shoulders, and proceeded to lift the box above his thrown back head, receiving the cheap, boozy liquid directly into his mouth. After the tub filled, Andy lowered himself in, his sore muscles instantly relaxing as the water caressed his naked, sweaty body. He reached out for his mysterious new book and examined the cover again. Master Bybadick, huh? He cautiously opened the spine and was startled when a massive cardboard cock sprung forth from between the pages. Oh my God, it's a pop-up book, he exclaimed, staring with inexplicable excitement at the spooky wiggling paper member before him. Andy was straight, or at least he was pretty sure he was straight. And he'd only really encountered, you know, pussies out there in his dating field. But as his eyes grazed over the glossy, multidimensional pornographic illustration, he was intrigued. He flipped to the next page and then the next. The book explained the story of Master Bybadick, a tall, pale penis who wore a top hat and tormented uh, and, and walked into the lives of unsuspecting people who, upon seeing the Bybadick for the first time, were driven mad with sheer bisexual panic aside from the lucky few who went on to be allowed to call him master. Andy felt the sudden rush of cool air on his own cock as it too became a pop-up and rose above the water's surface throbbing. Andy couldn't help himself. He tossed the book aside and furiously worked his fresh erection to the point of release, rinsed off, toweled off, grabbed the box of wine and decided to head to bed. It had been entirely too long of a day to process the implications of getting off to a spooky, gay, horny pop-up book. That would have to wait until tomorrow. Or never. Andy was very fond of just choosing not to process any emotion that inconvenienced him. As he slept, Andy had the strangest dreams. His memory could only record flashes of the strange world his brain had plunged him into. People of all genders sitting strangely in chairs. Floral button-ups, rolled jean cuffs, flannel, the cast of the 1999 movie The Mummy, Tom Holland dancing beneath an umbrella and a bustier. When he awoke, his mind was fuzzy, his body was aching, and his cock was throbbing. Again, he felt compelled to find the book, to look it over again. He stood and walked over to the bathroom when there, outlined in silhouette against the sunlit windows of his new ap apartment. A figure. Gah! Tom screamed, knocking over a few boxes as he flailed uncontrollably with surprise. 
As the figure turned to him, he felt his heart stop. There, standing before him in even more dimensions than he'd experienced last night, the magnificent creature stood, the Bibadick. Oh, oh my God, oh my God, hi, are you, I mean, uh, <gasps> Andy's lungs gave Andy's lungs gave up trying to wait for Andy to shut up and forced him to take in a large wheezing breath. Holy shit, hi, I, uh, um, hi, are you, is this real? The Bibadick said nothing, deepening Andy's panic. Oh my God, sorry, oh wow, sorry, where are my manners? Can I, um, can I offer you something to drink, something to eat? I think, uh, my friend left a jar of pickles in the fridge as a moving present. They're artisanal, his family helps make them. They're so good, would you? Andy trailed off mid-sentence as the Bibadick inched closer to Andy, closing the space between them. Wow. Hi. Wow, you are... You are taller than I expected. How's the weather up there? Oh my god, I'm sorry, that was so lame. I just... Andy suddenly remembered the erection that impelled him from his room in the first place. And in a panic, he hastily grabbed a pizza box from the counter, trying to cover himself, flinging crusts everywhere like stale, glutinous confetti. But the Bibadick seemed unbothered. It had moved closer, now mere inches away from Andy. It had been a long time since he had been this close to another person. He was painfully aware of his morning breath and started trying to hold his, his breath in as much as possible so that hopefully the Bibadick wouldn't be aware of it. The Bibadick inched even closer. A Andy wasn't sure if he was ready. He'd never kissed a, well, giant, spooky, sentient genital, but I guess who had? In this moment, Andy couldn't remember if he'd ever kissed anything or anyone. The darkness encircling the Bibadick reached past Andy and gripped the fridge handle, hoisting open the door before retrieving the pickle jar, opening it, selecting a pickle, and levitating it in front of both of their faces. Andy turned pink, sweating, as he watched a small rivulet of wine well up into a little bead and then drip from the tip of the pickle before them. Wow, he breathed. Do, do you want me to, is this for, or or did you want, uh, forgive me for asking, but do you, do you have a mouth? Sorry, if that's intrusive, I, the pickle entered Andy's mouth suddenly, cutting him off. And all the anxiety in Andy's brain vanished as his attention was rerouted to the present moment. His eyes traveled from the pickle half out of his mouth to the hazy darkness filling his apartment to the shadowy figure before him. His teeth sunk in, the pickle's juices suddenly bursting forth, filling his mouth and dribbling down his chin. Despite not still being entirely sure if the Bibadick had a mouth to smile with or any features at all besides, you know, void and cock and top hat, Andy could somehow sense deep inside himself that he had pleased his visitor. The remaining half of the pickle unceremoniously fell to the ground with a thud. Before, Andy would have been unable to stop himself from immediately cleaning up the mess, especially in his new apartment, because man, his landlord seemed like a real leech. But this time, Andy's brain only gave that half a second of thought, a record in brevity for him before he settled back into every neuron in his brain and nerve in his body being here, in this moment, with the Bibadick. Something was building inside of him. This need to bond with this magnificent creature, this question inside him that divine or devilish forces were compelling him to scream out, can I call you master? He cringed, the words feeling super weird and a little too Dungeons and Dragons-y for his usual attempts at flirtation. The Bibadick considered him for a moment. And then, as the silence stretched longer, Andy's panic began to grow. He felt strange desires to hide, to delete every one of his social media accounts, to give himself bangs, before a soft, gentle chuckle filled the apartment. The Bibadick was laughing, not in derision, no. There was a sense of bemusement to the noise, of surprise. Ah, uh, you were sent the wrong book, it seems. No matter.
And he was fro frozen, silent, breathless, so full of anticipation that even the mitochondria in his cells had paused their power howling, wow, Ray, despite desperate to hear more of the Bobadick's voice. Yes, my pet, but please, Master Bobadick was my father. Call me mistress. <laughs> and that's it. That's as far as I got. Fantastic work. <laughs> I, I, I'm i curious. Do you want to see the movie now? <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like, can it live up to this, this I, vibe of dick? I don't head? know. <laughs> I don't know. But fantastic work. Thank you so much. Thank you for uh, having me. Yes, thanks for coming back and doing this. We'll, we need to crown a winner. So thank you so much. Whew. This has been a fantastic three evenings of the Adult Fan Fiction World Championship. We got to bring Navi back. We got to crown a winner. And we have to find a raffle winner. So thank you so much to all of our contestants for the live round and the entire night. And uh, we will have our winner as Navi joins me. How are you feeling, Navi? I'm here. Hello. Welcome back. Noah, three days. Three days. Three days. Three days. We made it through the wilderness. Yeah, you can see my scruff coming in in real time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, congratulations. I know that, you know, maybe next time we'll look into doing one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> or seven days. Or seven days. Or even go, well, yeah, go bigger. Go harder. Yes, a, yes. A month of smut. Yes, a month of smut. Ah, it's Valentine's good. month, yeah. Nah, that only has 28 days. We need a full month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyway, so I have, a, I have a voting poll. Should I drop it in the chat? Drop we, it in the ready? chat. All right, everyone. I have just dropped a link. You can vote here. Vote now. Who did you think was the winner of Smut If Night 3 Live? Did you already go through all of them? I have not yet. Oh. So first we had Nikki Black for with What We Do in the Shadows. Mm -hmm. um, and second we had Aiden Lenahan with Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which that got dark. That got dark. Um, it's in black and I, white. It, well, <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> three After three days, days I'm still on. <laughs> uh, Alan Katz was next with it, which uh, Hong Kong uh, Pennywise. This is the second time Pennywise has shown up. Yeah, Pennywise has been active mm -hmm. this these three days. The, yeah, yeah. Um, Bernard Clark, Bernie Clark with Swamp Thing, which mm -hmm. wow, that was. I, I'll be honest, I I had forgotten. That it was Swamp Thing. Oh, I yeah. Write it down. And then when, <laughs> when Swamp Thing showed up, I was like, oh, right. <laughs> and last but not least, Ray Pendergrass with the Babadook, gay yes. icon Babadook. Babadook. Um, again, there's a there's a poll in the chat right now. Please go vote. Vote on who you think should have won. Mm -hmm. um, True story. I, uh, I'll just throw mm -hmm. this out there for fun. Uh, I had no idea what the Babadook was until Nikki Black told me about it. He was like, you got, this movie's coming out. It's called The Babadook. It's going to look real, it's going to be real good. I watched it as soon as I could, immediately texted Nikki that I was terrified by it. And, uh. and they called me a whiny baby. Oh. <laughs> I'm, Babadook is scary. I mean, there were some scary movies that we, that we approached tonight. I mean, Midsummer yeah. is... I haven't, I haven't seen Midsommar yet, and it like I was so excited for it, but it's like two hours and forty minutes long. It's a big commitment, so I haven't committed right. to it. This is my last reminder: go to the poll, vote in the poll, please. Yes, and yes. Nick, Nikki Black is asking if that's true. That's a hundred percent true. I watched it, and I was very excited to talk to you about it, and you had decided you hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so while the, while people are voting, drop the the link again. Should we should we do the raffle while, to, while people oh, are voting? Yeah, we should. Here, yeah. hold on. Let me drop the link one more time for those of you who might have missed it. Last chance to vote. Uh, in the meantime, so I have the wheel. I can send you the wheel, or I can spin it myself. I mean, um, but, you, it, either way works. We we will trust you if you spin the wheel. 
Mm, all right. So I'm going to spin the wheel. Again, congratulations to our pre-recorded and our winners from the last two nights. Uh, this is a wheel spin for $50 worth of gift certificate from SugarTheShop.com, $50 from Flying V's merch store, a week's time supply of Uber Lube. That's $126 worth of lube. Um, and and some stickers as well to anyone who donated in the past three days. Uh, I'm going to spin this wheel right now. I don't know if you can hear it because it's in my headphones, but <laughs> there's the clickety-clackety of it. Clickety-clickety-clickety-clickety-clickety. Um, oh, and the winner is Dre Moore. Dre Congratulations Moore. to Dre Moore, who I can't remember what Dre submitted, but I believe it was something for the first or second night. Catherine, Catherine in the chat might be able to remind me uh, what Dre submitted for, but tease in the chat for Dre. Yes. Uh, we will be reaching out to you, Dre. I don't know if you're watching right now, but we will be reaching out to you to to get you your prizes. Yeah, get you your you lube so and stickers. And all that lube. The opposite which, of lube. Which, stickers. Um, I know Dre Moore. That lube might get used in like building and constructing something. <laughs> slip and slide. It's for a slip and slide. Yeah. All right. Um, so we are, I'm going to go ahead and say we should close voting. All right. Voting I'm going to refresh closed. the poll one more time to see what we got here. Oh, yeah. We have a winner. Oh, we have a winner. Um, we do. And the final winner of, t- of the last three days of Smut If, uh, a, 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 an enormous adult fan fiction competition that oh, we indeed. paired with Plus two comedy and flying V. The winner is Aiden Lenahan for Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Fantastic work. He's Aiden. in the chat. Tea, yeah, tons of teas in the chat. Tons please. of teas in the chat. Congratulations, for Aiden, for everyone, Bernie, Ray, Nikki, Alan, to everyone from our previous round in the past three days. Congrats. Yes, this has been a fantastic three days. We even made it through this cursed evening. That was blood and butts. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us for three days as we Mm -hmm. read Mm -hmm. Unbelievable Smut. What's going on at Flying V? Oh, well, Flying V has a couple of things coming up. We've got some in-person workshops in the D.C. area. uh, um, And then we have a big wrestling show, I believe I mentioned it the other night. But on uh, November 6th, we're doing a big wrestling show with Hallow Wicked versus the world-famous CB. Um, as the headlining event, I believe. I don't know if I'm speaking out of class right now on that, but um, you can go to flyingv.org to grab tickets, and I know it'll be streaming on IWTV, independentwrestling.tv, at some point shortly thereafter. How about you, Noah? What's going on for you? Uh, Well, we will be streaming here on this very Twitch channel, so you can go ahead and follow me here on Twitch. If you'd like to subscribe as well, you can do that. I stream every weekday at 3.30. Uh, Mm -hmm. I will be doing stand-up in Massachusetts at a show I just remembered I have, so I don't have the details. (laughs) But I will be in Massachusetts (laughs) doing comedy next weekend. That's such a stand-up comedian thing. Do you got shows coming up? Yes. Where are they? No clue. No idea. When's your next cosplay wrestling? Uh, the next cosplay pro wrestling, I don't believe it is set in stone, but it looks like we will be heading to the Castle Point Anime Convention as well as Zenkai Con in Lancaster. Ooh. So yeah, we got we're we're working on coming back. It's been tough with COVID with the conventions, but we're making our way. We're coming back. Yeah. We're coming back strong. And also check out my podcast. Stay tuned. We watch shows that ran one season or less and decide if they could be resurrected. Should be resurrected. Or if they should just mm-hmm. stay doomed. Watch any of the Muppet episodes. The Muppets. Who do you do that important. with again? I do that with my wonderful wife, Lara Prince. Amazing. Shout out to your wife, who also named this episode. Yes, yes. She came up with the idea for Blood and Butts. Blood and Butts. Straight to the point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Job. Um, So once again, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Uberlube. Thank you to SugarTheShop.com. Please go check them out. FlyingV.org. Plus Two Comedy on Twitter and Twitch. You know, Noah's streaming all this stuff constantly. And uh, again, from me and FlyingV, thank you so much for coming and tuning into the past three days. Yes. We will see you on Discord. So long, everybody. (laughs) Boop.